Um, I just I want to say good evening to everybody here who's in attendance. I really do appreciate to see the different council people here. Um, uh, Jeremy Stein from Connecticut Against uh, Gun Violence. Give him a round of applause for the hard work he does both here and in our capital. We have our brother Kingsley who's here as well. A round of applause for all the hard work he's done here in our city of Bridgeport. Um, I, I believe we have other council people here joining us and I'm gonna, I'm gonna allow each of them, every one of them is gonna speak directly. Um, I just wanna briefly say, Chris Rosario, thank you so much for your leadership that you've done here and, and, and the hard work that you've done in, in our community and up in Hartford. We don't know what a gem we have in Chris Rosario and how he's able to advocate for us up there and the relationships that he's been able to establish and the love and passion. He really truly bleeds Bridgeport. We should give him a round of applause and recognize him for the hard work that he's done. All right, and I, specifically we have, this is a council here, um, which is their district. We have Denise Taylor-Moy, who doesn't need an introduction. She's been an advocate for our community for a long time, specifically talking about um, housing and, and violence in our community and, and knows it firsthand in many ways. And George Cruz, recently elected. George, don't go far, so far away, brother. You fought to be in the spotlight, now you gotta be in the spotlight. So the hard work that you've done in our community um, is, is immense. And both of these advocates said, Dennis, we need to make this happen. Um, we have Janet and we have Alfredo, our council people here as well. Give them a round of applause because they're always fighting hard for our community. Um, but particularly these two council people asked me to do this. I saw George maybe on two different occasions and Denise on two different occasions says we need to make this happen. To hear from Bridgeport directly what the issues are, what, what some of the frustrations are. We're hearing a lot of the conversations of what people want to do. I'm going to give an opportunity before we jump into it to allow these people to kind of say their piece. But I want this to be about the people and what, what everyone here wants to see happen in our community. So Chris, I guess your are is up next. Thank you. Thank you, Senator. Good evening, everybody. Uh, as as uh, Senator mentioned, I'm Chris Rosario, state representative here in the district. I'm glad that everybody came out on, uh, on a school night. Uh, you could be anywhere with your kids. Uh, but this is an important issue uh, when it comes to gun violence. Uh, I know here with the Greens Homes, I'm glad to see residents from the Greens Homes here. We're, we're looking forward to hearing from you. I would be remiss if I didn't mention we have our district leader, Wanda Jeter, here. Let's give her a round of applause. And also our city clerk, Lydia Martinez and uh, Board of Ed member Albert Benaham. But as the Senator had alluded, we have some really hardworking council people here in the district, and they've been uh, telling us, uh, listen, we need to address this issue of gun violence. We need to all work together, whether at the local level, the state level, or at the federal level with our federal partners. And we're here with our ears open uh, and ready to work. So I want to hand it over to Councilwoman Denise Taylor-Moy. Thank you. Um, good evening, everyone. I'm just going to be very brief. You know, gun violence in the city of Bridgeport, we know, it, it's, is reaching far beyond that. The gun violence in the United States of America is what's going on as well. We have people in other cities that are there that are sending family members to our city to come in here to take um, some type of solace against problems that they have in their cities. And that also brings the violence here to our city. And what we already have here, we can't take it anymore, and it shouldn't happen anymore. So we as people that are here tonight, we should be trying to forge together to come up with a, a, a proper discussion so that we can try to resolve some of the issues that are going on. But one of the most important things that I need to say, that I'm a project person. I'm, I'm from the projects. I'm from Marina Village. You know, I'm a resident advisor. I have been around to the Greens, to, um, to Trumbull Gardens, to PT. 
And a lot of the action that goes on don't go on within the projects. It goes on with people that come into the projects. I want to specifically state here tonight that all the gun violence that happens doesn't happen just in the projects. It's happening in, on our streets. It's happening in, on streets that I never even heard of before. And it's happening. So I don't want anyone in here to even think that gun violence starts in the projects. Gun violence is in the city, all over, in the streets. It's not just in the Greens or Marina or Trumbull or, or, uh, or, or anywhere else, PT. I just needed to say that because I'm a project baby. Thank you. Good evening, everyone. I'm Jeremy Stein. I'm the Executive Director of Connecticut Against Gun Violence. Uh, I want to first thank uh, Representative Rosario and Senator Bradley um, and the council people that are here tonight for, um, for making sure that we are addressing this issue that is plaguing not only this city, but cities across Connecticut. Um, the statistics that I saw the other day is that, on average, someone is shot in Connecticut every day. And on average, Every other day, someone is killed. And people that are, being, that are victims of homicide in Connecticut, they don't look like me. It mostly affects people that are black and brown skinned. And we have to do something about this. We have to commit to ourselves in Connecticut. That is why Connecticut Against Gun Violence, one of our main priorities this year is to create a funding source and a commission that is solely dedicated to addressing urban gun violence, community-level gun violence that exists in Hartford, New Haven, and Bridgeport. Um, we are trying to get the legislation to pass this, this session. Time is running out. Um, we are trying to convince the governor to do it by executive order, and we will not stop until Connecticut commits to real funding and real resources to addressing the problems that exist in places like Bridgeport. We can't have shootings occurring in the middle of the day, in the middle of the street, in front of a courthouse, and then nothing happens. So I know that our representatives are doing something. I'm glad that they are doing this today, and I congratulate all the hard work that they have done to help end gun violence, but we need to all do this at, at, at together as a community. So thank you very much. Good evening, everybody. First and foremost, I want to thank Dennis and Christopher Rosario for taking the initiative to listening to our smoke signals to get together. But one thing I also want to say, that is so important that special organizations have shown up here tonight. We've been very pissed off uh, for the recent violence that's going on, but one thing that bothered me the most uh, is that um, when the mayor spoke about that he wanted to knock down the police departments because of the recent killings of the young man. I too grew up in the projects. I lived in P.T. Barn for 25 years. Not everybody in the projects are criminals. There's a lot of good work, hard-working people in the projects, and I'm just very sick and tired that they keep getting stereotyped because of some violence, I mean, some killings outside of the projects. It's like my, my colleague, uh, Denise, said that most of the shooters are outside of the projects. And I don't agree with the fact that the building's got to be knocked down, but one thing that we want to get out of this here tonight, I would like to see, is to alleviate any anxiety for anyone that saw the news that live in the Greens Department to don't get so worried, we're gonna work with you. We're gonna make sure that when they do decide to knock down the Greens Department that you are transitioning to your new housing, that it's not gonna be a last minute thing. 
And as far as the violence is concerned, there's a lot of people here with a great deal of experience, so please don't be shy to open up about it. We're losing a lot of young men, especially black and brown men here in the city of Bridgeport, and it hurts me. You know, I'm a recovering addict myself, and this is why I'm so passionate about this. I live that lifestyle, and I know how it is to get caught up in that lifestyle. And I know how it is, how it can become an addiction itself, and for a lot of people, it's very hard to get out. But I also understand that a lot of families that are leaving, leaving these projects, they got kids of their own. They're very concerned, like the young lady was telling me, she got a 15-year-old son, and every time he leaves the house, she just be praying that he comes back. So we're here with the hope that we all open up, get that dialogue, and begin to work in relationships so we can make an impact and make some changes here, along with these awesome leaders that we have here. We got some marriage roles over here also, very involved and engaged. And uh, so please, let's open up the dialogue. Let's start the conversation. Thank you. This event is about hearing your voice. And I don't want to put you in the spot. You don't want to participate in one talk. I understand that. Maybe we'll have a community talking point in terms of what's going on. There's been a worldview, and I'll ask you a direct question, a worldview that says we don't feel that the response to violence is necessarily shutting down the housing projects. How do the people in this room generally feel about not closing down places like the Greens uh, as opposed to closing them down? What's, what is the sense of people in the community here? And there's no wrong answer. We're, we're having, this is family talk. So feel free to, try to speak up. Okay, I'm sorry. Do you So everybody can hear what's going on. Everybody hear the sister, what you said? And we didn't get the name. What was your name? Tasha. Tasha. Did everybody hear what Tasha had to say? Should I just repeat it? Increased police presence, identifying people who live within the community, the housing project community, that might be uh, people that should be of, of target, right? To f find out, weed out who the problem is as a possible solution. Yes, Mr. Keeley. And a round of applause, Mr. Keeley, thank you for your countless uh, help and assistance and representation for the city of Bridgeport as a, as a former member of the House delegation. Thank you so, so much for what you've done for our community. But yes, sir. So I would say, um, I'm not from the Greens, but I have my best friend who lives in the Greens, who has two of what I, we, my nephews, because we're like sisters. And the problem that I have with the Greens, I don't think we should tear them down, because one, we gotta realize, where are we moving these kids? These kids cannot move from this side of town to a different side of town that they're beefing with, because now we're asking for more trouble. The problem I think I have with the Greens in itself as the apartment building is, um, not having no accountability for people to keep it up, for the elevators not to be working, and rent inside. That's the problem that I got. <laughs> okay, so, and the problem is 
we need to bring services to them right stop waiting for our kids to go to the services because it's not happening right yes you might get 35 kids from the greens to the orchid but how many of those kids that's still there that are not going anywhere because nothing is offered to them so we have to think about how do we get kids engaged how do we build relationships with these kids that they trust you i don't think yes i think more police presence should be there, but I don't think our police should be the ones that approach our kids and build relationships with our kids because they're in a state of mind right now where they don't trust them, right? So that has to be worked in. And the only way to do that is to get real community leaders, real faces that these kids see every single day to build that, that gap, to cut in. That's, how, that's the only way it's gonna happen. Tearing down the greens is not the answer. It's because not, we're just caught. Violence everywhere. It's violence everywhere. Everywhere is violence. But there should be, again, accountability that it should not have to look like or feel like, oh, I'm coming into a project. When you think of a project, people already sum it up like, oh, nasty, graffiti, and all of those things, but it does not have to be that way. So we need to figure out how do we hold folks accountable and letting them cherish and appreciate what they have and then bring some things to these kids to let them know that, hey, we're here for you. You don't want to come to it, we'll bring it to you. Okay, that's, that's a powerful insight. Um, yeah, Mr. Tony Barr. I, I walked the Greens all morning. I walked knocking on doors, talking to the people in the Greens. My point is, we do not need no more police. We don't need no more extra police at all. We have the most police officers in the state of Connecticut, over 400 plus. If we take the money that you want to allocate to the police department, we don't need task forces, we don't need none of that stuff. Mm -hmm. What we need is that opportunity, that same money that they'll pay them in overtime, before $500,000, hook it up with, a, with, with Stop and Shop, hook it up with Gala, hook it up with yep. Price Right, yep. and give these kids an opportunity to work right. a job. That's right. Get them right. off the street. Right. They said we ain't got nothing to do. Well, well, this will be giving them something to do, right? right. You're taking them off the street. That creates less violence. Because the police have, they're not, what are they doing? All they're doing is making money. They're not even scared of them I'm, anymore. And I'm not here to beat the police department up. I'm talking about saving these kids' lives. Right. Because most of you won't even walk in this, those projects. I walk there anytime I want to. Because I'm not afraid of what can possibly right. happen. Because it can happen anywhere. So yeah. I'm not going to go and be afraid of my own people. We have to give these kids opportunities. We, we've been talking about this for the past 40, 50 years. Same problem, same, and we ain't doing nothing. But somebody gets shot at. A, a, sh a shooting in front of the courthouse, and we got the big boys talking about, oh, we need $10 million. Don't give them a penny. If we can give them $10 million, then you can give our kids give $10 million dollars for job right. opportunities. Right. Yeah. I like that. We're, we're, Albert, you're, you're on the board of that. The way they have different places, they got private, the, 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 the houses, like the barn room, next to the barn room school, it's private, beautiful. Why they don't do the same thing with in, in the green other project? Make it private, make it nice, we we'll leave there. If you know someone have trouble, bring in trouble to the green or any um, housing, move it out. If the main solution, that's not that's not the way. And like Tony said, you know, down the house or poor house, ask for money. No, you're not gonna destroy that. Nothing. To make it, it's gonna make sense. You also, you destroy that. Where are all these kids going? Like she said. So now the the uh, uh, had to make, make get more money to transportation for the kids. So it don't make sense. It don't make sense, you know. It's good to fix it, be sure they're trying to, you know, save the kids. That's why you guys, we, we trust you guys. You know what you're doing in Hartford, you know, a lot of things you're doing in Grace Park. But as a parent, because before I leave up the parents, 
and I know what's going on with the Evans Green, with the parents they call me, we need to be sure everybody's safe. Mm -hmm. Try to make it private. Try to make it, you know, for the gay, who's getting in and who's got. You got different places. If you don't have ID or your card is not registered, you cannot get in. So let's do the same thing. You know, fix the destroy the front. No. You know, you have to think first about the safety of our kids. Thank you. Thank you, Alex. programs around the country that have been proven to drop mm -hmm. rates of gun violence, mm -hmm. right? Like 50 to 75%, and it's not even an exaggeration, mm -hmm. right? Cure violence, check it out, right? It's, uh, they've run programs in Chicago, they've run programs in Richmond, California, and they literally drop these like rates of gun violence by more than half, right? And it's because they hire people who know folks around their community, uh, folks who have maybe even committed violence in the past but want to help change their neighborhoods going forward. Right? We have organizations like that here. ReSafe does work. I'm sure plenty of other organizations doing work like that. Why aren't we funding people who can build trust in their communities and who can actually like attack those roots of violence, right? Rather than like put more people in jail uh, and fund police. Like, come on, right? Right. So it's like we need the the roots of violence need to be the focus. Right. The whole point of this is there's no wrong there's no wrong answer, right? There's no dumb questions, there's no wrong answer, there's no a suggestion that, that can't be tolerated. We want to be able to kind of critically think here to solve this problem. Because what I don't want to see is, you know, we already have a murder rate that's in the teens, I think. And correct me if I'm right, Mr. Stein, it's in the teens, and we're in the winter now. Um, the summertime, historically, those numbers go up. What I don't want to see is a bloodbath in Bridgeport looking at the numbers that we're looking at right now. So the whole point of this conversation is that we're going to tolerate kind of all opinions to see what's the right solution for our community. So I appreciate you chiming up, and I think the councilwoman has a point she wants to make. Yes, I do. I just wanted to say to the residents that are here from the Greens, before a housing complex can be decommissioned, it has to go through federal guidelines. It has to go to HUD and Chicago, from HUD and Chicago to Washington to Boston, to all over the place before it can be decommissioned. It's several steps that has to be taken. It's just not about guns or territorial. You know, what you're dealing with here, when they look at decommissioning a housing authority, they look at um, the maintenance, the wear and tear of it. They look at a host of different things. The young lady that's uh, back there, and she's speaking, uh, and also with um, Samaras, what she's saying about to have more programmings and different things here for the children. This is one thing that the Greens Housing Complex has lacked for many years. You have no place for the kids to go to play. Even when we tried to um, build a little park, a little basketball court, things fell through when Kaboom was out there. Mm -hmm. And when George Lee's Byers was here. A lot of things fell through. It didn't go, it didn't happen. Where the money went, nobody won. Accountability and transparency has to take place with the housing authority itself. With the housing authority itself. The one thing that I want to say to the residents and to everyone that's here in the room, before anything could come down, the residents have to have a memorandum of understanding. You have to sit down with legal services and each resident has to sign up with legal services. And you have to be in a room like this with at least 100 residents in there or more to get your point across. I don't think anybody in this room here realize that HUD is the one that stopped certain services coming to the housing complexes. You used to have certain people that came out in outreach for the seniors, came out in outreach for the children. 
And for the past, I don't know, maybe about 10 years, you haven't seen any Youth Service Bureau grants come through. You haven't seen anything come through at all for the residents to take computer classes, for anything to happen in any way whatsoever as far as support for the residents. I do want everyone in here to know that the Housing Authority, one of the first things that they have ever stated to the residents was that they were here for our safety, self-sufficiency, working hard to make sure that we strive and we did things that we should be doing. As a parent, as an organizer, as a human being, I didn't need the, uh, the Housing Authority to justify any of that for me. All I needed was the rest of the residents that were living on the complex to come, join in, and let's make sure that we keep our village clean. Right. Let's make sure that we do the things that we need to do right. to make sure that our kids have what they should have. You know, if they didn't have it on the complex, we should have been fighting for them to open up two buildings uh, that had apartments in each one of the buildings where they did homework tutoring and where they did after school other classes and stuff going on. I've been doing this here with the Housing Authority for 21 years. For 21 years, I've been fighting back and forth. And only half of the people or a third of the people know me. They don't know the things that I have done to just to try to make things happen for us. I have been all over the country speaking in regards to the same thing. And everybody, every place else, see what I say, understand what I say, know what I say. And then when I come back home and I say it to the residents that are here, I don't get the support, I don't get the backup, I don't get what's needed for us to fight. You understand when they say it takes more to uh, raise in a village or whatever, it's not, it, it, you know what? It takes the whole city. It takes the whole city to say, you know, we're not having this. This is this this is no this is no longer gun smoke. You understand? This just does not happen here in the projects. And I needed to say that. If there's any questions or anything else that anybody need to ask in regards to the MOU, in regards to what we need to do as far as when you get ready to move out or if you have to move out, you know, there's different there's different section A's. There's porting out. There's project-based section A. There's scattered sites. There's other housing projects. They just are not going to come in here and decommission this complex and you have to go. But if you want to fight to stay, then you need to be upfront, honest, and speak out at each and every single one of them meetings that they have. We don't want to go. We want you to come in here and rehab each one of these buildings, building by building. You know, this is my home. This is where I want to stay. But you gotta come in and do that. When I tried to do that in Marina Village, everybody said, I want Section 8 voucher, I want Section 8 voucher, I want Section 8 voucher. <laughs> and, and this is what every, everybody who wanted Section 8 voucher got a Section 8 voucher. Everybody that wanted to go to Atlanta or go to Virginia, this is where they went. Everybody who wanted to go to another complex, this is where they went. Is everybody happy today? I don't know, but I will tell you this here. The one thing that I fought for was to make sure that I remained president of Marina Village until I made sure that all my residents were secure and happy and satisfied where they live. And this is what you have to do with your president and your vice president and your board that's over here. 
you got to make sure that they are representing you the correct way. But getting back to gun violence across the city, across the country, not just in the greens, That's right. not just in the housing complex, I would like for us to touch more on that. Thank you. So, round of applause to Councilman for our advocacy. There's, there's people here. I, I want to give I want one opportunity who haven't spoken. Ma'am, I saw your hand up. Would you like to say a few remarks, please? Yes, I would. Yeah. Um, I'm a resident of Bridgeport. I was born in Bridgeport, raised in South Norwalk in the projects. I'm a project, I'm a project kid, too. Um, I'm for community centers in each district for the youth to go to, okay? Uh, for mentorship, for uh, not just athletics, okay? Uh, for, for having chess clubs, uh, for having other activities, and also for job preparedness, okay? For summer jobs coming out of that. The state has a surplus of money, okay? Each state rep, okay, can ask for, write a proposal to get uh, community centers, if not boys and girls clubs. It makes no sense that the only boys club in the city is the only one is on Park Street. All the other ones are on the outskirts of Bridgeport. There are no other boys and girls clubs. They tore them down, okay? Each district should have some place for this youth, for our youth to go to, okay? For mentorship, for job preparedness, for college preparedness, for, uh, for anything, school readiness, computer programs, mentorship. The state has a surplus. You are representatives. You guys can write proposals to get that money in here and have it allocated just for that so that that money is not siphoned off to other places in this city. It's ridiculous that the gun violence is everywhere in this city, not just in the projects, but it's ridiculous that when a shooting happens at a courthouse, the first thing that the police chief does, $441,000 a year, is lock down the projects. That's 1950s tactics. That's terrorism on our kids. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. And I'm, I'm speaking at this tone because you know why? I'm pissed off and I'm angry. I'm angry with the representatives that come in here. They want us to vote for them. They take our vote and they do nothing. These kids are living in poverty. They're living in depression. Every day when they walk out there, every day when they walk out their house, they see a police car. Do the kids in the North End see that? Daily, I ride by two, three, four police cars, sometimes stopping one car. Don't see that in the North End. They're ticketing us. They make money off of us. They, they pull, off, pull your car over. If you don't have insurance, they're ticketing your car. They're, they're taking your car from you. Don't see that in the North End. These kids have to live like this every day. They hear sirens, they hear gun violence, they see garbage, they see broken sidewalks. 
And you got you have a a, a a city council that doesn't even tell the, the 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 residents that okay, we have a program that help you pay for half of your sidewalk being fixed. The city will pay for that. You pay for the other. No, they don't even go after the absentee landlords. This is where our kids have to live in depression. No wonder, no wonder they are the way that they are. I'm not making excuses for them because you know what? I'm against, I'm against violence, period, again. But we, as adults, are not doing our job. We're not doing enough. And anybody who wants my vote, if they don't do what they say they're gonna do, I'm gonna be out there against them, not for them. That's what I have to say. Thank you. Thank you, man. Thank you, Brad. We're gonna read the book from one to one, thank you. Thank you, Dennis, Senator Bradley, and all of you for being here, for hosting this a very important topic. There are two points that I wanna emphasize. If the concern is dealing with gun violence, specifically violence, uh, there are two important points. Uh, since before Sandy Hook, I have been talking about the problem of the secularization of government. That is the process of several decades of some people trying to take God out of public schools. That, has, that is a problem. I did an article which includes federal graphs of changes in, in uh, uh, street violence, crime, domestic violence at the point of the early 1960s Supreme Court decisions to eliminate Bible reading in schools and prayer in public schools. And the spikes in the increases in those, oh, by the way, also decline in ed educational achievement, goes along with that. The spikes in, the, in, in those, those factors are very, very clear, and, and they're graphic, and they're, they're alarming. Now, some people, when I talk about this, say, well, what are you going to try to do, bring Bible reading back into the schools? Well, that might be tough. But it shouldn't be difficult to post the Ten Commandments in public schools and public buildings, including our courts, OK? Um, so this is one, I, one issue that, as I get around and meet with people in the community, I get a lot of positive response. Not 100%, but a lot of positive response. I believe this point is important. The other thing is, uh, if, if we're concerned about violence, don't legalize marijuana. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, sir. We're going to work away around the room. I see you guys. We're going to find one. My name is uh, Gary Nelson. Um, I'm, a, I'm, a Bridgeport, I'm not a Bridgeport resident, but I was raised here. I went to school here. My whole family works for the city of Bridgeport. My father retired from the city of Bridgeport. Um, I've been in New Haven the last 17 years running programs, and I think through New Haven, I learned a lot just with how they kind of get the kids off the street. Uh, I know in New Haven, they do an open schools program, where out of their 42 schools, they open up 36 schools every night. And what they do is they use the community to help run the programs. Um, so you have people like Street Safe, they, they put each one of their workers at each location. They have a street safe person there. They have their board of head security there at each space. But they give people in the community a chance to be able to, to work with their kids in the community. Um, so coming here in Bridgeport, 
where I was raised, I didn't know that the political game was just so <laughs> treacherous as it is, you know? Uh, me being under Ganem, I mean Kelly. Um, <laughs> you know, being under Kelly, I didn't, you know, I knew Kelly from a kid. I grew up in the Stone Ridge. I'm not from the projects. I grew up in Stone Ridge. Um, but Kelly used to be our state rep. I used to pass off flyers for Kelly. You know, so as I tell people, he was my Mr. Rogers because I couldn't wait to see him get that three dollars, five dollars, ten dollars. But um, I think, as far as program-wise, um, I think the kids just need to see people that they can relate to. You know, so people look at me, they like Gary. You're supposed to be the program director, but you wear a sweatsuit every day. You know, but the kids come running up to me because they can relate to me, and they be like, "Oh, I got those, Mr. Gary. Oh, I've seen those before." You know, so different things like that. I think you need to have people like Tony. Tony comes over there every other day you know, help support the kids. I just think you need people that look like the kids to be able to interact with the kids, right? Uh, another thing I want to talk about is like the projects, right? I was a, well, my, my, my girlfriend, or fiance, whatever you want to call her, we lived in Ansonia, and they knocked down Ansonia housing. But they was like, okay, listen, this is what we're going to do. We're going to knock this building down. You can take another housing authority building somewhere else, or we can give you Section 8. So they gave people options, not just we're going to tear it down, figure it out. You know what I'm saying? Um, in New Haven, at the school that I was at, it was surrounded by projects. It was three different projects uh, out there in Southern Connecticut. What they did is they knocked one project down, they rebuild them up with those private housing or whatever, and then they strip. They're like, listen, you can't have no cookout, you can't have nobody staying over there. You have a person that runs that whole area, that complex, they check in, they make sure that people are not doing what they're not supposed to do, or you get out, you know what I'm saying? And they have those other programs uh, like YouthWorks. Right? We have a bunch of youth work kids now, 10 of them at Arts Place. But in New Haven, they have youth works, and those, they hire probably 5,000 kids. Right? But here, these kids don't even know that there's youth works because there's no real promotion of stuff that helps support these kids. I mean, to get jobs. Like Tony talked about taking that 500 million, but there's, they, youth works already have the money. So what is the community or our council people or whoever, you know what I mean, saying to your district, listen, you need to go down there by April 1st, because that's the deadline, to have all those kids fill out applications, whether they get in or not. But at least the kid goes through that process, at least they know. You know what I'm saying? But these kids, they don't know. You know? And I say like the school system, right? I go to the school system, I graduate, I, know I went to high school and everything, I went to three high school, by the way. So I went to high school, but this, these kids are learning different math. They don't carry the one, right? So, you know, 13 times 18 is not carry the one and do up. They don't do that no more, right? So who's teaching me how to do that? Who has a 10-year-old kid that goes to school and my kid is failing because I don't know that stuff. But that's new, you know, the new curriculum that they're teaching. So I think a lot of just parent information meetings, you know, like I said, we're over at the community center. You know, I had to get on Facebook to get turkeys. Right? But we're in the poorest neighborhood in the city and we don't have no turkeys. You know why? Because they don't like Kelly. So is it about the man, the person? No, but is it about the person or is it about the kids? Right? Because I don't like them either. Oh, God. I grew up in Bridgeport from 1985. You can look it up. I looked it up. From 1985 to 2000, it was 550 murders in Bridgeport. That's ridiculous. That's gun violence. Right? So when you guys are like, oh, it's bad out here, it's terrible, it's 12 murders. I lived in the East End where it was 10 murders in one week. And it was like, yo, Jameer, go to the store and get some soda, all right. Right, and that's what we're dealing with at the work end. We have kids, I'm like, no, 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 you can't go to the store, it's a little Alfredo, no, Alfredo, he can't go. No, man, Gary, he can go. They just got, somebody got killed over there, man. Right. People get killed every day. Right. Yeah. Right. So that's our mentality of the kids. 
But again, we met with Rosario, we met with Mr. Bradley, and the others, you know, Alfredo, he comes over there. And I think that you guys are now open to helping us, right? But I don't want to just help, I don't want you to just help to work it. I want you to help all the sides so then we can bring them all together. So we, can go to, so we can go to Kingsley's event. So we can go bring kids to the North End. Mm -hmm. So we can have uh, Jamar, because I know, I don't really know Jamar over here, Mr. Brown, but I know yeah. he's, he's passionate about helping the kids. Yep. So somebody yeah. need to help that program. Because if right. we're trying to build our program, we can't really open all our hours of the doors for him, but somebody in this community can help him. You know what I'm saying? So people like that, where you have people who are passionate that want to help, Mr. Preston back there, he want to help. Oh, but he been to jail, but he's working with those kids, right. right? So put him with somebody else who don't have a record and let him be able to facilitate that building and help put programs in that the kids can understand. And I'll finish it with saying, that's why I started my youth organization called The Fam, right? I have a big family. Kingsley's part of my family with my uncles and them. But I needed the, the streets raised me, right? From 15 to 28 years old, the streets are raising these kids. So you need to bring some of these street people in Give them opportunities, say, listen, man, because I'm only in the street because I have needs. Mm -hmm. Not because I have wants, I have needs. I need to eat. So those kids in the greens, they need to eat. And I tell these people, we do feed the kids every night at the working. You know why like I tell the parents, yeah, Gary, oh, it's the, the seventh. I brought all this food, the kids don't eat it. I said, well, bring that food back here uh, February 17th. They'll eat it all that fast because the food stamps run out. Right? So people were blind to that. Oh, no, they got money, they get food stamps, they on Section 8. Right. Yeah, but Tony Barr's living there, she's living there. Right. And they ain't on the lease. But they eat that food. So these kids are hungry. Yeah. So how about, okay, so Harris can run the food out of Columbus. That's right. You got to feed them. And oh, yeah, by the way, when we feeding you, you're going to have somebody with a workshop over here talking about this. We're going to have a workshop talking about that. So I think if we collectively come together, that's the only way we can see this. Basically, um, I came back from the Navy in 2003. Um, I basically was trying to find a mission in life. Where can I fit in, what I'm trying to do, if I'm trying to go to school. So I, see, I, I used to see a lot of young kids at the store smoking cigs, smoking marijuana. So I said, you know what, I love basketball. Start coaching a mentor, right? From fast track to now. When I started, my whole goal was, I, I thought it was, oh, let me, um, Go down here, talk to them, let them know I need a little access to the school generally. And um, we can make things work. When I talk to people in the city and they say that's almost impossible to happen, and we have so many schools in the city, that's sad. That's, that, that's sad. And it's not even with me, because like Gary said, you have other organizations in the city that really these schools could be turned into neighborhood community centers. Yeah. I'm actually working on a proposal for that. that's involved is going to take security also I don't starts at home these parents need to be held accountable we got 144,000 144,000 people here and this is what came up for important men yes everybody don't have fake Facebook I don't really be on Facebook but a lot of people know about this meeting and, and like Gary said also people don't like Mr. Keeley I know Mr. Keeley I looked him up I heard about him, but I'm not going to judge that man. I still came in there and told him, I need some gym time in the Boys and Girls Club. So if they charge 60 an hour, Sheen Center, God knows what, or neighborhood house wants 60 an hour, I can't get access to school because I'm really a guy that can have 200 kids easy, no problem. No problem. 
100 boys, 100 girls, doing whatever. I coach basketball, and, and, and also there's a, there's a lot of corruption going on. Let's clean up. When we really clean up, that's when the city gonna be better. We can all be honest in here. We all know people are doing things under the table. When we can have a meeting like this and the police chief in the mirror is not here, that's disrespectful. To me, as being a community resident, to see what that police chief made last year, it's disrespectful. Mm -hmm. If violence going on in the green homes, do you see how part of main police station is? How is that happening? Mm -hmm. <laughs> if we don't clean up, it's not gonna get no better, I'm telling you. So we need to get some of these certain people that's in these certain places out of here. Like I said, I don't judge nobody off their name. He knows me. I work at Bassett, as you can see. I'm from Villa Havens, but I work, I work at Bassett. I work with them kids. I'm in there. I see what it is. I see they go in there at nine something. They leave at 11 something, get the security guards back. I'm out. I'm out. They done for the day. What happened to Troncy? There used to be people that chased you around when I was younger. Not happening. Them guys that was a little older, they couldn't chill in front of no store. It was none of that. Yeah. Don't you supposed to be in school, Mr. Assault? So, we just gotta clean up and like, I'm glad Gary said that, because I met him years ago at the train station. He might not remember this, but he told me about when the fan was first starting. That's when I started. So for us to connect this way, I just need the help. If I can get access to these schools, I'm not I'm not saying no guarantees, but I'm it's definitely a couple hundred kids that's gonna be good. Because you got kids, you got kids that just don't want basketball and, and football. Yeah, that's right. You yep. got ballet. You got that soccer, you got lacrosse, Coach Russell out here. You got the MCing and all that going on with JP. It's a movement here. Yeah. If you check yeah. the history of Bridgeport, yeah. we always been violent because the majority of the guns was built here at one time. Mm -hmm. And they never left. That pipeline. How is it, how, I, 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 I'll leave you with this. Because I know a lot of kids around here and I'm, I'm I, met a, I, I was talking to a 17 year old, right? He has two guns on him. So I just asked him, I got two guns on him. He said, just in case the first one jammed. Mm. This mentality these kids living with. Start at home too. That's right. Start at home. That's where it starts. Because if that kid got two guns on him, he coming in the house taking them two guns, putting them somewhere. Exactly. I can leave you. So please remember me, Coach Jamar T. Brown, yeah. Storm Academy, Bridgeport Storm, Bridgeport Lady Storm. If you don't know me, I'm, I, I could have been out of here. I got offered a position in Trenton, New Jersey. But how can I leave here when I feel like my work ain't done? Yeah, yeah. And I'm glad, I'm glad Ms. Brown is doing what she's doing with the 100 girls leading. That's an official nonprofit. That's what, that's another thing too. Them people that pound the pavement, those are the ones that get looked over. Those, like David Daniel said, the ones that can really make an impact, they're not gonna get that opportunity. That's all I need. I can get access to a few schools, that's it. And with me, I got kids from all over. Literally, in my church gym, I got kids from the north, the east, southwest, because they know Coach Brown and play at. We all brothers, we all brothers, we all sisters. We come in one mission, and if they know they on that, they're not gonna come in that gym. So I just pray for the city, man. We gotta get together, and they gotta come up. We gotta come up. This can't be, if it's an emergency meeting, it gotta be an emergency meeting. And, it's, and I was born and raised in Father Cannon Village. I'll leave with that. Thank you. Is our, is our cutoff year. I know, I know you have a, I, I just want everybody to say, I know there's a lot of people who want, 
want to be heard on these things. And I just want to let everybody know this is not just a one and done type of a situation. Our desire is to make this an ongoing conversation. Uh, and, and so I, I don't want anybody to leave this night thinking we're not going to do anything. And I, the people here who are doing programming, uh, Gina, that's our, that's our clerk here in the state. Please give her your information your email, your contact information, for the five people here who are saying they're having issue with programming in terms of access to buildings and things to that information so that we could be of service with when it comes to that. Uh, and that's extremely important. I, I know the councilman wants to speak, I believe the no, state no, representative wants to speak. I, I have yeah. to put this question in for uh, Mr. Donald Wilson, the president of the Bridge Bigger Okay, yeah, lead. Okay. So his question uh, is, uh, is, is in regards to transportation, uh, about transportation for the kids. Kids can't get to our programs in the North End as well as to the east end, right. east side. Can our senators and our council people hatch a plan to address transportation needs? That, that's exactly, Gina, can you please, if you could take, take down these people's information, and, 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 and councilman, if you can give that to Gina, uh, that young lady there with the green on, so that she can write down that information, because there's things that we can do up in the legislative level to help alleviate that stuff. Uh, in terms of getting the money in the right place because I think I think your point is well noted there's a lot of people working hard Bobby Brown I want to recognize you uh, one of the members of the Board of Education the Board of the Board of the Board of the Board of the I'm so sorry, sorry, but I'm going to let you guys wrap it up, but I want the community to know that this is not one and done we're coming back to let people That's right. That's right. Yes, thank you. That's exactly what I was saying. This is just the first start we're going to continue this conversation because we just cannot come over here and disappear in the public smoke. This is very important. Now, for the next meeting, we're going to do a more aggressive outreach into the projects and the surrounding areas and, and figure out what day is best for everybody to have a meeting because we cannot just stop here. This is very serious. It's about saving lives, saving our communities, and reclaiming our dignity back. So we're going to come back. And all these organizations, awesome organizations are here. We all got to get behind them and work with them. We got to work with them and we got to help them in whatever capacity that we need to help them with to get those children into those programs, into those clubs. Thank you, Councilman. Uh, Coach Brown, I think you said the right thing. Your work isn't done, our work isn't done. And together, we're going to definitely collaborate, get all the partners that we need, whether it's the police chief, the mayor, the federal, our Congress people, our U.S. senators, because they're the ones that work with HUD at the federal level. So we need to get representatives from their, those offices here. We will get them here. Uh, I leave here enlightened and ready to work. God bless you all. Have a good night. My last statement would be is thank you. Thank everyone for coming out. Um, listen to everything that had to be said in regards to what's going on in our communities and what is felt about your representatives. I just want everyone to know you can't make a change if you don't start somewhere. Thank you very much. Guys, just, there's light refreshments still back there and some chips, and I believe. All right, what's up, you guys? Welcome to Super League Entertainment. You already know I'm your host, Jason Rodriguez. We are here at Columbus School in the city of Bridgeport, Connecticut, for a special event that took place, George. Yeah, yeah, the recent shooting that uh, at the Greens Department when an 18-year-old young man got killed, uh, and then the subsequent shooting at the courthouse, it created this atmosphere that uh, some city officials uh, started making some noise about knocking the Greens Department's uh, down. And I just felt that the city, uh, some of those officials were too reactionary. They didn't think it, they didn't process it because they didn't think about the good, good people that live in the Greens Apartments. So I took it upon myself, I reached out to Senator Bradley that we need, because this is my district. I'm the city council of this district over here. Me and Denise Taylor Moy, Alfredo Castillo, and Maria Vallano. 
with the city council. So we reached out to Dennis because he's a state rep. Chris Rosario as well. And Chris Rosario, absolutely. They're our representatives. So we had this turnout. It was very good. We had some residents from the from the Greens departments. Which was good to see. Absolutely. And and they expressed their concern. I mean you could have you could you were able to you were able to cut through the passion in their voice as they were speaking in regards to all the concerns that are taking place in their community right here at the Greens Apartment. Absolutely, and, and they're the very ones we needed to listen. That was the whole idea about this, is to listen to those individuals who are directly affected. Mm -hmm. So that way we could get an idea of what we need to do. We already know that we need to get off our behinds and help them, but we need to get the direction from them, what they, what's going on inside, because they live there, we don't. Yeah. Uh, so it was good, and like I said to them, this is the first meeting that we're having, but we're going to have more meetings. Good. This time we're going to, because we just can't stop at this meeting, a one-stop meeting. It can't be like that. When you're talking about violence and killings and the weather is just going to be get, to get warmer, mm -hmm. the bullets are going to More people be coming out. Absolutely. The more dangerous. So we're going to have more meetings, but we're going to have a much more aggressive outreach into the projects here in the Greens and also the surrounding areas to bring the community because we need to start talking. Yeah, yeah. so with a meeting like this, and I believe this is the first of many as you stated. Absolutely. And uh, this was a great, great event, great outcome. A lot of people poured in, showed up. Um, bunch of politicians, a bunch of people from the city, professionals, for example, like Lux Benelli who runs Optimus Healthcare. I mean, he didn't have to be here, but he showed up as well. That's right. Um, you we know, had Anna Cruz mm -hmm. from the, works at Housatonic Community College. Mm -hmm. A bunch of the city council members were here. Yes. yes. And, um, you know, such an important time. Violence is plaguing our city. For example, we had a shooting just yesterday on the corner of Maple and William Street. Yes. So it doesn't seem like the shootings are That's the one that was a couple of shots, multiple shots into a car, right? That's right. Yeah, yeah that was last yesterday. Yeah. Broad daylight. Broad yeah, daylight. broad daylight. So it doesn't seem like the activities are, are, are going to slow down in the city. No. Until someone steps up and do something about it. And that's what you did. You reached out to your state senator. You reached out to uh, Chris Rosario, state yep. representative. Yep. And, you know, you took the initiative. And, and, that's, and that is the reason why we're here. My question is, where do we go from here now? Well, where would it go from here? We just got to keep this conversation. We got to keep this momentum going. This is just the beginning. It's, it's a little momentum that just got started. So it's up to us to continue to feed that momentum. And that is by outreach and engagement in the community. I worked in community as a community organizer for about four or five years up in Massachusetts. So the, I understand the importance of outreach and engagement. We have to outreach and engage these folks who are affected. We have to come up with ways to empower them so that way they can become more, uh, stop being so afraid where they're at, and instead be more proactive in your community. That's what this is all about. This is why after this meeting, we're going to have more meetings. We cannot lapse from too long. At least for the next two, within the next two weeks, we should have our next meeting set up. I mean, I heard someone express the, the fact of locking down the uh, Greens Department. I heard someone else stating that all the money that's being given to police officers, for example, work in overtime. I mean, instead of bringing in all these officers to lock down the area and, you know, giving them all this overtime money, taking that money and putting it in to youth activity programs. I mean, is that something you agree with? I, of course that I agree with him, but then again, we got, to, we got to also look at the overall picture, too. I mean, I like to see more community policing, more police on the beat walking the project. Like just recently, uh, a young man got chased uh, in the Greens, got chased by the police because they were doing community policing, footwork. That's 
That's right. And they chased the guy and they got a gun and drugs. That's right. So why did they able to catch this young man? Because they were actually right there in the project. They were seeing, observing, they saw it, and they were able. So that, we need more community policing. But yes, as far as program are concerned, we need to find money for the various organizations here in Bridgeport. But the other thing is this. What I'm pushing for is that we're working on building the developing the partnerships. A lot of these organizations need to start working together and not working in silos. Because many of these organizations get money, but they refuse to work with other organizations. And my thing is that if you're gonna get any money from the city, you need to work with the other organizations so we can start start eliminating this mindset of a zip code that you can't go here. So we got a lot of work to do. The organizations got a lot of work to do. If they want money, as far as I'm concerned, if you ask the city for money, you've got to be willing to work together with the organizations to have a much broader impact and change in the community. Excellent, George. Well, thank you very much, Mr. Cruz, thank you. for the opportunity to have you here on our network. Thank you very and, much. And um, this was an outstanding outcome, and I look forward to the next engagement, the next meeting. That's right. All right? And, and I'll be letting you know, so that way you can put it out there, man. You'll be our voice also, man. Absolutely. I appreciate Absolutely. you, man. We need That's why we're here. Thank you so much. All right. Appreciate you. And I can't wait to get you in the studio as well, too, because I want to have you on the hot seat. All right. All right? Yeah, my brother. <laughs> All right, you guys. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Superly Entertainment, you guys. I'm your host, Jason Rodriguez, and we are here at Roosevelt School in the city of Bridgeport, Connecticut, with State Senator Dennis Bradley. Dennis, honored to see you again. Thank you for having us here. You did a great job, by the way, Jason. Thank you so much for covering this. It's very important. Thank you very much. And listen, you did an outstanding job alongside State Representative Chris Rosario, mm -hmm. the city council members of the city of Bridgeport. I mean, everyone came together mm -hmm. and, and put this event on to allow the opportunity of the community mm -hmm. to come to show up here and to be able to express their concerns right. in regards to everything that's taking place in the city. Mm -hmm. You know, gang violence, shootings, there's guns being displayed in different areas. Um, people express a concern in regards to the Greens apartment mm -hmm. being locked down and then and then eventually, you know, concerned of, of being evicted and just thrown out into the streets right. um, if they demolish that establishment. So so much took place here. A lot of people express their passion and um, I was watching you the whole time, man. I mean, you were locked in, you were zoned in, you were listening attentively, which was really important. Mm -hmm. My question is, where do we go from here? So listen, what we wanted to do today was hear directly from the people what their concerns are, what their frustrations are, to alleviate some concerns, uh, but mostly, more importantly, to hear directly from the people what they want to see done and how government could better suit them. Without having a pulse and a deep understanding of what's happening inside, and both in the mind and the heart of the people that we represent, then we can't do our jobs up in Hartford. This is much more than just simple dollars. This is much more than just simply allocating resources to this or to that. This is understanding exactly what the needs and wants are of the people. So I'm, I feel extremely honored to stand here with the council people that were here, with Representative Rosario, with people like yourself in the community that are that that it matters what happens with people, how, what the, the the quality of life that we're living here in the city of Bridgeport that we want to make an impact on young people. You know, it's, it saddens me when I see young people destroy their lives, and I don't want to continue to see that. 
Um, so this was really about understanding what's happening inside in our community and how we can better address that as not just as representatives or senators, but as people. Yeah. Uh, and that's what tonight was about. And, you know, a lot of people are frustrated. They're upset because and, and, I, and I get it because I am, too. For example, I happen to be driving past the corner of William and Maple Street yesterday, and I just happen to be driving in the midst of a broad daylight shooting mm -hmm. right here in our city. Right. And, um, you know, so it's, it's been an ongoing thing. Mm -hmm. uh, um, we're hoping that something can be done about it as soon as possible. Right. I mean, so in regards to gang violence and, and uh, just violence in itself within mm -hmm. our city mm -hmm. among the young people. Right. I mean, what do you think is our best approach in order to encounter that? You know what? It's going to take a lot of sweat equity on the religious community. To, to put our faith into work, to put our prayer into work. It's going to take a lot of sweat equity in our political community to make sure that we have the funding where it belongs, to we support people in the community who are doing the hard work. It frustrates me when I hear people who are trying to go out there and give uh, opportunities for people to go to, to after-school programs and stuff like that to volunteer their times and that we can't open facilities for them. That's extremely frustrating to hear that. Um, and it's going to take a lot of um, temperament in terms of our police department and our leadership here in the city of Bridgeport not to be overhanded, not to further demonize people, not to further push people down, but to really, really have an understanding of how we can be an, an impact when it comes to our policing and when it comes to the punishment that people who committed the crimes or perceived to have committed a crime, we're not overhanded in how we go about things. And that's that's the message, that's the takeaway that I got here today is that um, there's a lot of small fixes that we can do right away to pivot and make a big change in our community. And it's really about putting people first and understanding that these kids, regardless of their color, regardless of their socioeconomic background, that they're kids and they're beautiful young people, that they really have have a bright future ahead of them and we got to make that future that opportunity become a reality for them you know you and Chris Rosario have a big job ahead of you and when I look at you you are state senator Dennis Bradley the people's senator mm -hmm. and these people are legit looking to you mm -hmm. as a resolution as a source mm -hmm. to back them up in regards to their concerns so moving forward mm -hmm. going to Hartford mm -hmm. what would be your response in Hartford. What I took away from the people is that, you know, they were talking about $5 million and $10 million being allocated to the state police departments for security and for other things. I mean, that's money that we desperately need. A lot of the things that we talk about fixing in our community, we don't have to reinvent the wheel. The reason why other communities are doing better when it comes to their kids and it comes to curbing violence is that they have opportunities for their children, after school programming, schools that are fully funded, things that we always talk about in our community. If we can have $10 million to give to state police, and I'm not saying anything disparaging about the state police, they do a wonderful job to keep us safe. But that money, I think, would be better served to make sure that we give our kids after-school programming and schools that are fully funded so they can get a quality education. I think if we do things like that, from what I'm hearing from the community and what I feel in my heart, we're going to see a big difference in terms of the violence that we see on our streets. That's right. And with that said, I just want to thank you, Dennis. Thank you. Um, you know, this thing kicked off around 6, 6, 6 p.m. Yep. Uh, this evening. You were right here on point, on time, yep. ready to go. Thank you. Um, you stood here the whole time listening to the cries of the community. Right. And I know you're the type of person that's going to respond accordingly. Right. Um, you have a great backing. You have Chris Rosario right there. Mm -hmm. You know, your left-hand man, mm -hmm. your, your right-hand man. And um, I know that this is going to be an outcome. Mm -hmm. um, again, congratulations. Thank you. And uh, thank you, thank you for man. tonight. Thank, thank you. you for likewise, man. Thank God you. bless. Thank you for watching, guys. Thank you.